Hello again, this is Laura Hooper, host of the Future of Elder Care podcast. And in this episode, I wanted to talk about a very interesting video I saw on YouTube. It was put out by Quartz and Retro Report, and it's entitled The Future of Aging. And in this video, they go on to describe people in their mid-60s, early 70s, around that uh, frame, who have taken to essentially migrant work who are ditching the conventional thoughts on retirement and who are continuing to work. Many are living in RVs, vans. They are traveling the country in groups to find seasonal work. And they've essentially created a bit of a tribe there's a author by the name of Jessica Bruder who wrote a book called No Band Land where she followed these individuals around for months tracking their activities, comings and goings, etc. And my plan is to do a future episode on that book. And the video pointed out the pros and cons of the redefining of retirement. Um, some of the stats they gave, one talked about how 40% of people over the age of 65 will have an income near or below the poverty level, and how bankruptcy filings have increased fivefold. Over the last several years, many being filed by people who were slated to retire and yet have continued to work either by choice or because they have to, they have no option but to continue to work. The video talked about how some of these changes came about in, in the 1980s and how there became this increased dependence on social social security pensions went away and the 401k's came along which were less secure again according to this video and as a result people were not retiring with enough to live on and needed to continue to work. And some of the other observations in this video, one had to do with many people resorting to migrant work because those who could qualify for, say, moving into retirement communities and things of that sort, um, 
They were facing enormously long waiting lists. Many of these places are ridiculously expensive. And so many would probably never see the day where they would be able to move into such a community. The discrimination regarding age in the workplace, ageism as it's referred to, the video stated that that is also on the rise. That younger workers are going to have it worse in the future when they go to retire. And the video pointed out how many people currently are planning on working basically until they die. Which some would say they would prefer that. Others would say, well, the body will start to give out. One might reach the point where they just are not able to work. But again, the workplace is changing and demands for certain types of jobs, for certain types of skill sets, those are changing as well. They will be very different in the future. Some have even gone on to say that the need for people to have jobs will soon become obsolete. Uh, only time will tell, but I digress. One thing I found interesting about this video I work for a home health agency, I'm a CNA, and they touched on the fact that care jobs in the future are going to be redefined, that currently they're very low paying, many of these jobs are occupied by women, and many of those women are minorities, and they tend to get undervalued, and one of the com commentators on this video stated how these jobs will have to be redefined. And I, I believe that scarcity is what's going to drive up the value of caregiver jobs. Well, we see that now. Um, I know there are a lot of various websites that are taking to this idea of what to me appears to be a, a, a B2C scenario or direct-to-consumer, direct-to-customer scenario where you essentially have the caregiver and the care recipient and no one in the middle. I would say one of the good things about working for a home health agency is much of the let's say, headache that goes into freelance caregiving. Much of it's taken care of for you. They handle the ins and outs of, well, for one, insurance. That That's a major factor in how these agencies get paid, how the caregivers get paid for their services. And not everyone's paying out of pocket. Um, veterans, for interest, for instance, 
under certain situations can qualify for free home health. And the the agencies handle all that. Um, I'm in an interesting position where I do both freelance caregiving and work for an agency. Not everyone has that kind of flexibility, but I do know a number of CNAs who also take care of family members and things of that sort. That seems to be quite common among caregivers. And 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 they see the same issue with this massive demand for the need for care but the undervaluing of the job itself. And granted, the markets decide these things. Um, I'm certainly not going to debate that. It's low-skill work, so therefore it will drive down the value. But again, until, <laughs> until we figure out a way to automate such a need... I believe that scarcity will drive up the value of the role of the caregiver. Again, those who do it privately, particularly LPNs and RNs, especially RNs, who are private caregivers, um, get paid extraordinarily well in many instances. So again, how values decided um, at times is seemingly capricious, um, but I think that this video does make a good point that the public will sense that the demand, the need for caregivers is such to where I believe you'll see increased rates of pay. I've noticed that since I've become a CNA a few years ago. Pay rates are increasing. Demand's certainly increasing. And I think this trend will continue. Oddly enough, and I believe I've commented on this on another episode, there are countries who are dabbling in the automation of caregiving and it does sound extremely controversial <laughs> and i i do believe i i do believe there there is an aspect of it that that is controversial in that it's very hard particularly for people in the west to conceive of a robot essentially doing the job of a caregiver yet one could argue that there are some let's say bad apples in the caregiver industry one might prefer a <laughs> an emotionless robot 
um, tending to them rather than a, let's say, bad apple slipping through the cracks and being the one to, say, care for them or care for their loved one. Now, my personal experience, various caregivers I've met with are incredibly dedicated. I have ran across a few who, again, they were competent skill-wise, but did not possess the temperament for caregiving. And it does take a particular temperament to do that kind of work. It's not something that is for everyone. I will say that. And there are instances where um, one can be taxed emotionally and the job can be quite trying at times. Yet, I know speaking for myself and the people I've met with over the years who were professional caregivers they see enormous intrinsic value and purpose in what they do. And as of now, that's something that's very difficult to automate. I believe that that probably matters more to most people. Well, to a lot of people anyway, than just about anything else. But continuing on with this video some other statistics they mention and this is more or less what they concluded on is that the infrastructures have to change to fit longer lifespans they pointed out that since 1930 we've added 20 years to our lifespans and Oddly enough, some of these changes happen during the baby boom in the 1950s. You saw this with education, and you saw it with the workforce. And what seems to be the same group of people, these same infrastructural changes are having to be made to healthcare and elder care. So what would probably wind up happening is this sort of, and this is something, I see it now and it's something that I, I think can be very problematic, but again this industrialization or the industrial model that was used in the workforce, that was used in education in the 50s and 60s, you'll see it transfer into elder care. Um, and although there are benefits to that, it should not be the only solution. And we do see these problems. We do, we do see the problems currently. And I've talked before about the potential of such a demand outweighing the resources that we could see a repeat of what happened in the state hospitals of the 50s and 60s where you had a 
very understaffed facility and you more or less had people who were being warehoused and you do see that now to some extent some of the Medicaid ran nursing homes and so forth and this is a common theme that I continue to stress on this podcast is the need to come up with ideas to move away from the institutionalization and the quarantining of a segment of people that's purely based on the fact that they're of a certain age and viewed as no longer needed I really do have a lot of concerns that that mindset exists in our culture. I would hope that that would change for the future. And time will tell. I believe that the more people advocate for the need to take a good look at how we tend to the aging, I believe it will prevent that sort of dehumanization and that we can come up with answers, we can come up with solutions that take the stress off the younger generations but secure the dignity of the older generations.